Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jeremy, and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. Yes. This show is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed. Not tutu. That's not T-U-T-U. That's T-O-O-T-O-O. Much media in this particular episode. So, my hope, my desire, my wish is that I will get through it quickly as I got shit to do. I'm uh, sort of really looking forward to, um, I think I've uh, done some discussion so far of uh, uh, episode 600 and episode 600 through episode 666 when I plan so far tentatively, but it's, you know, it's written in pencil, if not in pen. Maybe some of the letters in pen. I, every other letter, pencil, pen, pencil, pen, pencil, pen. Uh, deciding to uh, stop the podcast at episode 666 because that is dumb and fun. And I love dumb fun. Uh, this is episode 570, though, which of course means, and I feel like I haven't said this in a long time, although I do put it in the episode description, every 10 episodes, I take two weeks off for you to get caught up. You're welcome. It's not at all because it allows me to have breaks. <laughs> not that reason at all. Uh, something else to say at the top of every show, which I often forget, but hey, what you gonna do? possibility exists i could spoil things for you and i don't want to do that really no i don't so i warn of that possibility let me push a button that will get us started like this movie monologue Today's movie monologue sponsor is The Gibbering Mouther. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Greyhound from 2020. Oh, an Apple TV joint, apparently. Several months after the U.S. entry into World War II, or WW2 if you prefer, an inexperienced U.S. Navy commander must lead an Allied convoy being stalked, stalked by a German submarine wolf pack. Oh, a wolf pack. That makes sense because over the course of this movie, two or three times, I think, um, they would uh, 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 sort of intercept radio transmissions from these Germans. Well, maybe intercept is not uh, the right word because it seems like they were directed at the Americans. And they would sort of taunt the Americans and howl as well, like wolves. So, wolf pack, hey, makes sense. This, of course, stars Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks in a war movie, hey can't go wrong right that being said uh somewhat unforgettable uh, yeah unforgettable somewhat forgettable yeah take out the un 
Uh, it's fine. It's good. Uh, I, it feels like based on a true story. I don't remember if it ever said that. I, I'm pretty sure it did say based on a true story. And interesting. It's just, uh, uh, you know, if you've seen... I don't want to say if you've seen one boat war movie. You've seen them all. But there's a lot of things that you will have seen, presumably, in other movies that are in this. Yeah, okay. That's, that's I, I suppose, a fair assessment. But it's done well. It's, a, 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 you know, the, the, the action is, I would almost say, nonstop. Like, from the moment they leave to the moment they, quote-unquote, get there. The journey is perilous throughout, uh, uh, and practically doesn't let up. So, you know, I'm giving it marks for that, surely. It's just, uh, like, I I watched this last weekend, I think. Yeah, it would have been last weekend. And I can barely remember what happened in it. So, you know, whenever that happens, I kind of go, yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks, good, of course. So, you know, marks for that. Rating-wise, I think i got to go three. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is enjoyable watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And to be honest, with a movie of this level of, oh, it's based on a novel. By C.S. Forrester. Interesting. Screenplay by Tom Hanks. Oh, interesting, interesting. Anyways, um, yeah, for this uh, uh, level of unforgettability, unforgettab- I keep throwing an un there, uh, f- three is high for, for, for that level. So, you know, good things, but not enough good things. Oh, my God. Uh, moving on to, from 1985, Re-Animator. Oh, oh, wait. Based on H.P. Lovecraft, I didn't realize that. Uh, starring, of course, Jeffrey Coombs. Jeffrey Coombs, although it looks like Combs, but I believe it's pronounced Coombs. Pretty sure. Uh, you may recognize if you are a Star Trek fan, as he has played a, a metric a shit ton of roles within the Star Trek uh, universe. Wayun, uh, uh, Brunt, I believe he's Brunt, FCC. Ooh, send some shivers down your spine if you're a Ferengi. Um, uh, what's the blue Andorian guy from, uh, Enterprise, forget his name. Uh, I, I'm debating a rewatch of Enterprise at some point. It's one that I've been having trouble <laughs> talking the missus into. Like I got her to watch, uh, uh, Deep Space Nine and she enjoyed it. I got her to watch uh, Voyager and she enjoyed it, but not quite as much as uh, Deep Space Nine, which is fine. Cause I'm the same. Um, I think I could probably, uh, she's actually even asked about the next generation of rewatch, but for some reason, Enterprise is just, uh. I did explain that it is the sexiest of the Star Treks, uh, but still, uh, no such luck. After an odd new medical student arrives on campus, played by Gooms, a dedicated local, a dedicated local and his girlfriend become, what is a dedicated local? A dedicated local and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. Yeah, this is, uh, have heard of this over the years. I don't think I had ever seen it. Uh, In fact, I'm going to say no, I've never seen it because I I feel like I would have remembered if I had because it's, it's, it's odd. Uh, It's definitely got that 1980s sort of uh, B-movie horror vibe. It also says comedy here in the Imbuda uh, description, which I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. Comedy in the sense of weirdness. Uh, comedy in the sense of uh, uh, at one point someone without a head walking around while holding their head. You know, th- that's weird. 
and somewhat comedic, I suppose. It's also uh, 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 the classic 1980s horror movie, Lots of Boobs. So, you know, if you like boobs, if you like boobs. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? Maybe that's the title, If You Like Boobs. If you like boobs, dot, 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 which I believe they call a ellipses. Rating-wise, yeah, uh, you know what? I think because this is a, a definitely a cult classic, famously so, I went in with maybe higher expectations than I should have otherwise. Uh, so I'm going to go three and maybe a little bit just for its weirdness. But uh, it, it didn't quite hook me as some of the... Some movies in this sort of style, this 80s crazy horror movie style, have hooked me over the years. This one, maybe a little less so. Sad to say. Uh, for example, oh, that's actually a good segue that I didn't mean to do, but works out well. From 1982, The Thing. Oh, a research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. That really gives away a lot of the plot, that description there, which is not great. <laughs> now this one, on the other hand, uh, gotta be a fifth or sixth rewatch, if I had to guess. Uh, probably didn't see it in 1982 when I was one year old. I would hazard a guess. I hope not. Maybe I did and just don't remember it. Uh, this one's really good. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I would highly, highly recommend. Uh, uh, rating easy five out of five stars Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, we got some 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 names in this. We we've got Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley, impressive, but we have a mustacheless Wilford Brimley. Yes, a mustacheless. Wilford Brimley. Maybe that'll be the title. Mustacheless Wilford Brimley. Yeah. Hey, maybe they'll both be in the title. I can do a crazy title. Uh, T.K. Carter, which I think you probably recognize. David Clement, I wouldn't. Keith David will recognize. Richard Mauser. A uh, couple of other familiar faces in this ensemble cast. Uh, and, and really the sort of uh, beauty of this is that idea that anyone could be the bad guy and uh, you sort of have no idea who it is. Um, it, it also, you know what, something I, I think I noticed for the first time ever in this watching is they leave it up at the end for, I suppose we kind of lean towards uh, assuming this uh, big bad alien thing has been disposed of, but they don't really a hundred percent say outright that that is the case like the possibility exists uh, uh, th there's two people uh, and i won't say who although you could probably do the math on <laughs> one of them uh, uh, uh are alive at the end um so the possibility exists that they're both human the possibility exists that one is human and one is not and I thought the coolest possibility uh, existing would be that they're both not human. <laughs> uh, and then that raises the question, if, if these things, if these titular things, um, can they recognize one another in their human forms is a question. You know what else? This uh, really brought up a lot of memories from the PlayStation 2, I believe it was, game The Thing. Um, which I had and, and, and sort of recall being one of the first like actual scary games I remember playing. Uh, and, and they had a mechanic where you could sort of, uh, uh, get teammates with you. And that was, that would sort of help you do things, you know, uh, 
stuff like that. But also, uh, you had to be wary of your teammates' sanity meters. And I remember one uh, very uh, interesting thing you could do is if you took them into areas that were like fucked up. Uh, it was the not so slowly drive them mad and they would kill themselves. And I remember just like doing that mechanic over and over again, just being fascinated that this is a fucking video game. And, uh, you know, let's Google it. The thing video game. The thing. There it is. Oh, I remember that cover from 2002. Huh. Okay. So uh, almost uh, 20 years ago. Wow. Interesting. If my math is correct, which I believe it is, uh, I, I I think, I don't think, I wonder if there's a way for me to play it again. I mean, I do still technically have my PlayStation and this game somewhere in, in my house. Uh, I bet you it would work. That being said, uh, maybe I can get it emulated or it came out elsewhere because I, I do remember it being pretty good. But I also think it's like one of those uh, buried treasures where like good, like a, a Psy Ops, the Mindgate conspiracy, a great game that nobody's ever played. Uh, those who have played just say it's a great game, sort of a, a buried treasure. Anyways, The Thing from 1982. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I should say um, I also uh, downloaded, which I, I had heard this, but I, I, I never really delved into it, that The Thing from 1982 is a remake or a reboot or a something a re-something uh from uh, the original movie from 1951 uh which is also fascinating because uh i'll probably watch that and then i'll also probably re-watch which i uh, imagine i must have spoken of on this podcast from 2011 they remade the thing again so there's three movies called the thing with a, a shit ton of years between each of uh, <laughs> with a, between each of their filmings which is a weird thing to do <laughs> conan the librarian whoops shit Today's game Gab sponsor is the Gibbering Mouther. Oh, paying for two sponsorships. That's interesting. The game in question is Carrion. Or Carrion. No, Carrion. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, a horror video game. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. However, you are playing from the point of view of the, uh, uh, the, the, the oozy uh, monstrosity. Uh, so you're sort of this conglomeration of... Uh, of almost like very much like some of the the things that you see in the thing That's a, <laughs> that makes for a fucking confusing movie title uh to talk about the thing and the thing uh somewhat similar to that which is funny because i did not plan on this sort of a uh, uh, strange theme this episode uh further interest uh nothing to do with the sponsor i swear yesterday played a and d session in which uh, my character, uh, with the rest of the party, obviously, um, fought a gibbering mouther, which <laughs> is sort of similar in look to both this thing in Carrion as well as the thing in The Thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really on a theme of weird, disgusting piles of flesh lately. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, in, in this one... Um, so you start off kind of small, you know, uh, maybe human sized, but eventually as you're, you're sort of uh, eating 
uh, humans and uh, devouring their flesh and adding that flesh to your body and getting new abilities. Uh, you're sort of growing and growing until you're the size of like a giant pile of humans, sort of uh, very fluidically moving around the space. Uh, you're sort of you're just pushing in a direction. But what this game does, which is really uh, something to behold, and I feel like. Uh, very impressive coding whoever did this because I think it was just like almost one person who made this game uh, no it's a game studio phobia game studio anyways uh, you're just sort of fluidic movement as tentacles shoot out and sort of pull you towards wherever your uh, directional uh, stick is pressing is very impressive it's a, it's a very cool thing to watch and you almost sort of feel I was going to say Spider-Man-esque and like you're, you're instead of web slinging your tentacles slinging around um, uh, some of the mechanics are uh, what do I have uh, if you're underwater and need to get through a grate you sort of break up in the little pieces and get through it um, there's of course eating things humans which regains your health uh, there's the ability to shoot out spikes, uh, quite often not really used, uh, uh, offensively so much as to, uh, uh, activate switches to open doors. Uh, one of the, uh, most recent abilities I got, uh, which is very cool, um, sort of reminded me a little bit actually of that, uh, psyops, uh, uh reminded me of that a bit where you can send out a tendril and take over a human for a time and sort of have them open doors and uh, shoot at other uh, humans because uh, you start off this game super, super powerful uh, uh, just against... Well, actually, that's kind of interesting because you don't start off super powerful. It's just the uh, the humans you come across are just, you know, walking around, not really doing much. The odd one might have a gun, but even that's not going to hurt you that much. Whereas uh, uh, later on, they get sort of force fields and flamethrowers, which is an interesting thing because those flamethrowers fucking hurt, which is a thing from the thing. Uh, rating wise, geez, I, I think, uh, I could probably go five out of five. Yeah. This is just a, a very cool implementation of a, a cool, um, uh, idea, uh, playing the game from the point of view of this uh, disgusting looking pile of who knows what, as opposed, f uh, to playing the human as you would in the thing, you know, it'd be cool. Uh, okay. Here, here, here's an idea for you video game makers listening to this, which is probably none. Take uh, uh, this game, Carrion, and take the uh, game from 2002, The Thing, and combine them so that uh, uh, you are playing either The Thing or uh, uh, the humans involved trying to stop The Thing, which I think they've done things like that before. It's sort of like that uh, Death by Daylight. Daylight, what's that one called? Where you play the, like, Freddy and... Uh, uh, not, I don't think you play Freddy. Uh, you played like Jason and I don't know. You know what I'm saying? You, a game in which you can play both sides. Uh, I guess it would be online multiplayer, which, you know, not a, the biggest fan of. Anyways, I think I can probably push this last button now from the looks of it. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie bit me. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is a book. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think we've ever had a book sponsor. 
the internet intercourse. Uh, uh, this is by Dalton Wilcox. It is titled, uh, You Must Buy Your Wife At Least As Much Jewelry As You Buy Your Horse and Other Poems and Observation, Humorous and Otherwise, From a Life on the Range. A little wordy, I'm not going to lie. Uh, okay, so uh, item the first, Comedy Bang Bang, episode 700. Oh, breaking off another hundo. Good for them. Uh, we have got uh, uh, Manzukas popping in, as I believe he does for most uh, hundo break-offs. <laughs> uh, Jason Manzukas uh, and uh, uh, Scott Ackerman just on a podcast together. You know, what more do you need? Andy Daly and a shit ton of his characters? Yes, because that's what you're going to get in this episode. Uh, goddamn delight. Uh, uh, laugh out loud multiple, multiple times as uh, Andy Daly... Uh, I, I made a bit of a list. I, I don't know if I missed anyone. He was there as uh, August Lint. He was there as Dalton Wilcox. Oh, wait, that's the sponsor. That's interesting. Uh, might be a bit of a... Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, he was there as uh, Royal Watcher Byron Denniston, of course. Oh, uh, this is just before... Uh, uh, what was the... Duke of Edinburgh just died from my perspective, although they must record that quite a bit. I wonder if he was watching that. Interesting. And he was also there as Hot Dog. Hot Dog, Hot Dog. Uh, yeah, uh, just an insane little uh, podcasty delight that I highly recommend you go check out because that's what I do in the internet intercourse segment of this podcast. Moving on to... Star Trek First Contact Day. Uh, yeah, this is sort of an interesting thing. Uh, I don't know if I've really experienced anything like this, and I'm sort of picturing things like this in the future. So, uh, used to, back in the day, <laughs> go to uh, cons, conventions. Uh, primarily Fan Expo here in Toronto. I did Toronto Comic Con, Niagara Falls Comic Con. Uh, sort of locally are all the ones I went to. I never really uh, ventured too far afield for them. Although, I always had desires to go to like San Francisco Comic Con and really do it up. Maybe uh, when I, you know, retire or win the lottery or both. Uh, and, uh, if, if the world gets back to quote unquote normal, um, that'll be something that might be in my future. Who can say if it is great, if it's not, well, you know, I've had a fine life. <laughs> oh, wow. That's kind of morbid. Oh, well. Uh, so anyways, this is more of a kind of sort of, kind of sort of online esque version of that. Um, just in the terms of a day in which there's a bunch of, uh, and I suppose they probably weren't necessarily recorded or streamed that day, but a bunch of uh, linked videos are recorded. Uh, so I have uh, the first, and actually probably foremost, but it was my favorite. As soon as I saw the title, I knew I would like it. It was uh, Talking Treks Comedy with Brent Spiner. Funny. Jonathan Frakes. Uh-huh. And more. Oh, well, that's not fun. Uh, uh, so we've also got... Uh, 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 Will Wheaton was a host, yeah, and, and it seemed like he was hosting a lot of the uh, videos. He's got a, a pretty cool setup in like a library. Um, uh, executive producer uh, Mike McMahon, uh, he was the Lower Decks uh, executive producer, so obviously makes sense to have him there as one of the uh, first, well, not one of the first, the first sort of a creators of a, a, a comedic 
a comedically bent Star Trek. Not to say that other Star Treks don't have comedy, of course, which is what we explore in this uh, half-hour-long video. And then, friggin' uh, best part of it all, guest extraordinaire, podcast royalty, Paula fucking Tompkins. Does the F stand for fucking? It might. Uh, yeah, that was a delight. Uh, as soon as I saw he was involved, he actually hosts, and I've uh, spoken of it here uh, with Tony Newsom, hosts The Pod Directive, which is another uh, podcast, the official Star Trek podcast, which is interesting. Uh, and, and those are actually back for new episodes as well. So you're getting a twofer here of recommendations uh, this Star Trek day, as well as that podcast coming back. Uh, yeah, uh, Paul F. Tompkins talking comedy of the specific Star Trek variety. That right there would have been enough. But then you get uh, Brett Spiner, who is, if you've ever seen his uh, off-camera stuff or uh, seen his um, panels and things like that, he's just like a, a sort of naturally funny dude. Uh, so uh, it was great to see that. Jonathan Franks as well. He's... Uh, uh, he's also funny. Mike, my man, it's just a delight, a delight. And I highly recommend, uh, moving on to, uh, Kate Mulgrew reveals animated Janeway for Star Trek colon prodigy. Now of the new Star Trek's announced this, you know, just for demographic reasons is probably the one I'm least excited about. That being said, still going to watch it. It's Star Trek. I'm going to watch it. Uh, just because, it, uh, it's apparently, uh, I, I think it's going to, uh, air on this Paramount Plus where all this stuff is uh, airing first and then gonna uh, air on Nickelodeon because it is more aimed at the uh, sort of children child kid demographic that sort of area which is fine you know uh, uh, I don't begrudge the kids getting some Star Trek I freaking turn them into Trekkies and then that will mean in the years to come uh, when, as they age they will create more Trek love it uh, it does look interesting. It's sort of a um, 3D generated... Uh, uh, oh, shit. What is that? Uh, Star Wars one. I don't know my Star Wars too much. <laughs> Might will surprise no one listening who's ever heard me say things of Star Wars. Uh, oh, shit. What is it called? It's not Rogue. Uh, I'm not going to remember it. And that's fine because I don't uh, care. <laughs> uh, then we also had a... Uh, Star Trek First Contact panel, which uh, makes sense because it was the 25th anniversary, which I suppose is what sort of spurred a lot of this day. Uh, for that, we had uh, Patrick Stewart. We had uh, Jonathan Frakes, Brett Spiner. Uh, we had uh, uh, Alice, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Krieg, K-R-I-G-E, uh, who's the board queen in the movie. Uh, she was nice. She had some cool sort of behind-the-scenes insights of the uh, of the process as well, which was fun. Uh, and there's a few more that I'm still... Uh, they're, they're, I feel like they're trickling out some, some more here and there, or like little clips from them. So, uh, yeah, I like it, and I recommend it to you. Uh, moving on to the final item of this internet intercourse, a new podcast that I just added to my podcast listening repertoire. It is called Off Menu. Uh, it is hosted by Ed Gamble and James Acaster. Uh, you may recognize, that's an accent perhaps that was, or me just saying the word wrong. Uh, those names, if you uh, watch any British uh, chat shows and such. Actually, Ed Gamble, I reckon is a name. Let me put a face to it. Uh, 
Yeah, okay, he looks familiar. Where have I seen him? I can't... Uh, James Acaster, I've seen in a million things. Taskmaster, uh, he's got his own uh, uh, show. Uh, I actually subscribe to his YouTube channel where he posts stuff. Uh, but Ed Gamble, I not, I, I'm sure I've seen him somewhere. Anyways, that's not important. What is important is that this is a podcast in which they have on uh, guests of the comedic variety. I think everyone I've listened to so far. Uh, one cool thing is uh, apparently either they went to the U.S. or are able to sort of access a lot of uh, uh, U.S. Uh, comedians. So uh we get a, a really good wide array of British and American comedians on the show, like probably more than any uh, podcast I've heard. Like sometimes I, I listen to British podcasts and uh, chat shows and it's going to be, you know, a hundred percent British uh, comedians and actors, which is fine. But I also like the, uh, uh, the, the, the sort of combination of seeing the interaction of uh, uh, like, for example, Anthony Jeselnik <laughs> with these two, that was a, a delight to see the sort of juxtaposition of, uh, someone like him from the U.S. with uh, with, with these uh, with these two it was a delight. Anyways, uh, the show uh, will get these comedic folk and then ask them what their uh, to, to to sort of build their favorite meal, their their ideal meal. Ideal meal is hard to say, and it does rhyme. So, uh, what I thought I would do uh, in an effort to uh, 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 you know play off that is to do mine now. I'm going to say right now, I'm doing this with zero prep or thought, <laughs> which is not too surprising uh, uh, if you're a long-time listener. Um, so uh, first and foremost, they ask you uh, uh, f- uh, sparkling water or uh, still water. Uh, I'm going to go, definitely go still because I don't really like the the, the flavor and maybe even a, to a degree, the feel of uh, fizzy water has never appealed to me. Uh, so, so that's an easy choice. Then the next, <laughs> or it might not be the next, but it will come out at some point. James Castor will yell at the guest and uh, suddenly out of nowhere in a very loud voice, <laughs> Papadons are bread. <laughs> Uh, some of them, uh, they describe the fear on the face of the guest. Some of them, uh, they're impressed by lack of fear and the quick answer. Now, uh, I will fully admit I had to Google, uh, uh upon hearing this, uh, insanely yelled request, Papadons or bread, what a Papadon is. And it kind of looks like a uh, non-bread, uh, a little bit, but maybe thinner and it, it looks good, but I'd probably still go bread, uh, just like a, and this is a bit of a debate the missus and I have because uh, whenever we, well, used to go to restaurants, she would always fill up on bread. I'd have maybe one piece and quite often wouldn't have any at all because I'm not there for bread. I can get bread any goddamn day of the week. I'm here for the meal and I want to eat the whole thing and I want to enjoy it there. Where uh, despite my protestations... My, my vocalness, she quite often would not listen to this advice and then would not be able to finish her meal every goddamn time it felt like. So, uh, uh, yeah, bread, but uh, not too much. Uh, okay, so then uh, hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to do this a point from the point of view of not necessarily favorite, but what I sort of desire right in this moment as I'm trying to think of this, because that's easier it's quite often sort of a general rule of 
asking people their favorite things. If you say, what's your favorite thing right now? Uh, that gets much, much easier just for the human mind to, to come up with things. So right now I'm going to go. Yeah. It's the first thing that popped into my head and uh, I am sort of feeling it. A uh, uh, garlic escargot, uh, butter garlic escargot. Yeah. You ever have one of those? Pretty good. And the other thing I like about it is it's not like crazy filling. Like you could get... Uh, other sort of very thick, uh, uh, maybe starchy or uh, other hors d'oeuvres that are really going to fill you up. Where here, it's just like these delicious little morsels. And I think that's the way to go maybe with an hors d'oeuvre. See, so far I, I, I'm setting this trend of not wanting to be too full when the main meal hits. And the main meal, this I knew off the bat. It was an easy choice for me, prime rib. Yeah, uh, just a giant slab of prime rib. I'm going to need horseradish. I'm going to need uh, 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 juice, J-U-S, uh, gravy to some, although it's uh, thinner than than some traditional gravies, perhaps. I'm going to need garlic mashed potatoes, but I'm also going to need some uh, 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 onion, oh shit, well, crispy onion. I, I forget what it's called, like shoestring crispy onions. When, when they do that and then you sort of mix that in with the with the garlic mash ooh, get get a little of that my mouth is legit literally watering right now <laughs> uh <laughs> you probably served me swallow there that's disgusting anyways uh <laughs> this just sounds so good uh, uh you, you get a little uh, a mash you get a little onion you get a little meat you get a little juice oh juice uh you get a little horseradish you get that all on one bite oh nothing beats that uh it's, it's got to be rare uh not too fatty but you got to get some fat on there and uh you know that's my meal it's expensive so and, and uh, the the thing about the show is it's a genie who's uh, granting you this wish so you can have whatever you want however you want it um maybe i'll throw in do i want any veg no i i kind of don't yeah i don't care okay now dessert tricky because traditionally when uh, uh the missus and i went to restaurants we would never get dessert like maybe of and we went like, I don't know, once every month and a half or so. Like, we're not big on the whole eating out. The missus would definitely like to go more often than we did. <laughs> but uh, uh, the expense of it never to me, very infrequent, justifies uh, how good the meal is. So, <laughs> uh, and, and the sort of pain of going out and dealing with, you know, human beings and stuff like that. So, anyways, um, dessert... Okay, so this is a magic scenario in which I have room and time and desire to wait around for dessert. <sighs> I'll go... Oh, jeez, this one I didn't plan ahead. Mm. Okay, okay. Jeez, I, I, should I just go first thing that popped in my head? It's, in, in my head, it is a boring one, though. It's kind of boring. Okay, what the hell? I'll just go with the first thing that popped into my head, which is a uh, strawberry rhubarb pie um, with a, a, a dollop of uh, vanilla ice cream. Yeah, uh, nothing too fancy to drink. Uh, 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 coffee with a shit ton of Baileys in it. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, that's the other thing I was supposed to t choose as well, to drink. 
um, uh, red wine, uh, Merlot. I know I said that wrong. Uh, the, that's for the meal. And then afterwards, this uh, coffee with like too much Bailey's. Like you'd think that uh, it, like practically half and half Bailey's. A ridiculous amount of Bailey's. Um, yeah, just to get that pleasant glow. Then uh, two things I'm going to add. One is before the meal. Uh, um, get my water, say, oh, okay, I'm going to just step out for a moment, smoke a big joint. Yeah, go out, get really, really high, come back in, just so that sort of mellow glow that is uh, uh, quickly turning into, as I smell the food, a ravenous hunger that makes everything taste amazing. Uh, then, at the end of the meal, uh, with that sort of... Uh, 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 everything sitting nice and comfortably in my belly, go outside have a cigarette. I don't smoke, but sometimes after big meal cigarette, Ooh, that was what, that, that's a cigarette I miss. You know how there's types of cigarettes, you know, you're, you're, you're after sex, uh, after work. That was a good one. Uh, uh, f- with your first beer, uh, on, on a Saturday. Oh, sitting outside. Yeah. Oh man, I should get some freaking cigarettes. Anyways, <laughs> sorry if you're trying to quit smoking and just listen to that because you know, if you know, you know, folks, uh, that was an episode. Yep. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean, but you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.